Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, one more set of bowl previews. You ready to preview your team's bowl game? Uh, no, but we have to do it at some point. So I guess <laughs> we, we've we've arrived at it's you know we've arrived at that time, Joey. I don't know. This we're is, under contract at this point. We, we we have to. We are. I mean, we're coming down to the final ACC games to preview here, and my team happens to be one of them, unfortunately. We sure are, and they sure do. Uh, we record this the evening of December 27th, so we are already squarely into bowl season. We are fresh off of our first correct pick, Mike. Unfortunately, it came after three incorrect picks and one game that got canceled that was not really trending in our favor to begin with. So uh, hopefully the luck turns around a little bit here. But yeah, we got three games left to preview. Uh, these are all New Year's Eve games, Mike. This is on a on Monday, December 31st. We're going to go through these in chronological order, starting uh, with your Virginia Tech Hokies taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats at noon on ESPN. The Hokies a five and a half point underdog here in this game. And this is the military bowl presented by Northrop Grumman, Mike, uh, coming to you live from the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. This is Navy's home stadium for those who didn't pick up on that. Uh, Mike, you going to this game? Uh, I don't have tickets currently, but that doesn't mean I won't arrive there. It's about an hour from my house. So um, let's call me a game time decision, Joey, but don't count me out. So for those trying to decide if they're going to play Mike in their fantasy lineup or not, uh, I'm going to call that a 94% chance that he's at this game. I like it. That's fair. Okay. Uh, so Virginia Tech, a five-and-a-half-point underdog here, taking on a Cincinnati team that was really, really good in the AAC. Um, Virginia Tech wins against Virginia in just absolute miraculous fashion and then uh, takes down a questionably motivated Marshall team to attain bowl eligibility. They come into this game taking on a Cincinnati team that's 10-2 and two, with their only losses being on the road at Temple by seven and on the road at UCF. Other than that, they have beaten everybody they've played. They won in Los Angeles against UCLA. They have played really well. They've played particularly really well on defense, Mike. And I that's the thing that really gives me a lot of pause here is the Cincinnati team is going to come in motivated, taking on a power five team, playing, you know, playing way above what anybody thought they were going to do this year. And they're going to be playing a Virginia Tech team that has been inconsistent and has had a hard time moving the ball at off on, on offense for significant sections of this year. Yeah, um, this is not a great matchup for Tech. And you look at the Hokies this year, and there hasn't been a whole lot to really feel good about. I guess if you wanted to point to one game in particular that you know Virginia Tech could feel good about, it was the opener against Florida State because there was all that promise for 
the Hokies coming out of that game and come to find out Florida State breaks their bowl streak this year and they only win five games and they don't make it to bowl eligibility. So all of a sudden that was like the big win, right? And it turned out to be not that great of a win at the end of the day. And then you had the loss to Old Dominion. You know, you lose to Georgia Tech in blowout fashion. You get blown out by Miami. You get blown out by Notre Dame at home in a much anticipated home matchup in prime time. So, you know, Virginia Tech had a really up and down year, and then they cap it off with a victory against UVA to keep their streak against the Cavaliers alive, stretching it to 15 years. So, you know, you win that game to get to bowl eligibility. You end up in the military bowl because you had to reschedule a game against Marshall uh, due to the rain out. Um, you know, the rain out game against East Carolina due to the hurricane earlier in the year. And okay, great. So you reschedule that game to get to bowl eligibility. Now you end up in the military bowl again, which is a bowl game Virginia Tech continuously ends up in, and they have a really bad matchup against Cincinnati here. Um, I don't like this matchup for the Hokies for a number of reasons. Number one, Cincinnati's defense has been pretty decent this year. And Virginia Tech, like you mentioned, has a lot of trouble moving the football. So that's number one. Secondly, the Virginia Tech defense hasn't been very good. And Cincinnati, turns out they can move the football okay. There's a reason why Cincinnati's 8-4 and four, and Luke Fickle has them playing at a pretty high level in the AAC this year. And it's because they're a solid football team. They don't really do anything great, but they do a lot of things pretty well. And that's going to be enough at the end of the day to get this thing done. Um, I see Cincinnati here as a five and a half point favorite. Um, I feel pretty good about Cincinnati covering here, Joey. Uh, There's not really much on either side of the football consistently this year that has me inspired to pick my my alma mater to win this football game. There's really not. Um, I think they'll put up a fight. But I think at the end of the day, Cincinnati is the better team. I think they win. I think they cover. Um, I, I think it could be competitive for a little bit, but I think Cincinnati is a better team, and I think they prove that in the second half, and they win this game going away. Now, I've said that a couple of times here on, on this podcast as we've been previewing bowl games. Like you mentioned, it hasn't gone too well so far, but this is one of these games that I feel pretty confident in uh, going into it. If there was you know, one game that we've previewed so far that, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, you know, I feel pretty good or pretty poorly about the ACC team, you know, in the matchup. I think this is the one. I think with a high confidence level, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win this football game. They've been the more consistent team all year. They've been the better coached team all year. And I think at the end of the day, they'll get this thing done. I Yeah, as much as we've had questionable picks coming into this game um, in terms of ACC bowl, bowl season in general, I uh, those are, we, we've told you in a lot of these games, don't bet this. I don't feel great about it. I feel like I'm being obligated to pick something, and so we're picking it. This one we're, we're a little more confident in. Um, the, the biggest thing that gives me a little bit of concern with picking Cincinnati here is their offense is not particularly good. Um, they have won games because they their defense is really strong. I mean, their, their head coach is Luke Fickle, who was previously the defensive coordinator at Ohio State when they won the national title. Um, so he is a, a very capable defensive coach and they have had a lot of success keeping teams off the board. The problem is that, you know, if they, if they get into games against teams with pretty decent defenses, they have a a tough time scoring themselves. Now it's turned into wins in a lot of cases, especially against AAC competition. Um, but I, you know, I look at this and it's like, I don't know who the best defense they've played all year has been Cincinnati at 10 and two has played 
at UCLA, at Miami of Ohio, Alabama A&M, that's an FCS team, Ohio, at Connecticut, Tulane, at Temple, at Southern Methodist, Navy, South Florida, at UCF, and home against Eastern Carolina. I mean, maybe at Temple was one of the best defenses they played, and that's a 17-point game. You know, they, they scored 17 points in that game. They lost 24-17. Yep. Um, UCF, arguably the best or one of the best defenses they've played. They scored 13 points in that game. So I, giving five and a half points with a Cincinnati offense that has not been as reliable or uh, consistent, you know, any more than they have been, maybe is a little bit of a, a thing for me I, that I get concerned about. But I just look at the motivation. I, I I don't. I, I think Virginia Tech made a big, much bigger deal about getting to a bowl game than they're going to make about winning said bowl game. Um, I think that Cincinnati is is going to come out more pumped up, more motivated. The defense is going to probably be playing really well. You probably could get a defensive score at some point with some of the the occasional inconsistencies you've seen from Virginia Tech's offense. So. I think I'm with you, Mike. I'm going to take uh, Cincinnati. I'm going to lay the five and a half and think they can get this done by seven to ten points. Um, I just – Virginia Tech's defense has been bad enough at times and, and just – I don't know that Cincinnati's going to have that hard of a time scoring. I think Cincinnati's just a better team, and they're going to come in more motivated, and I, I think we lay the, the five and a half here. Yep, let's go with that, and let's go with the team that's been more consistent, Joey. I think that's kind of the move here. I think so. Hey, uh, happy bowl season to you, by the way, as we project your team to lose by a touchdown or more. And my team already lost by like 30 points. It was great. Yeah, that was good. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Um, It's about dying time here, right? (laughs) I just want to go home. Yeah, it's time to take the ball and go home. Uh, All right, Cincinnati minus five and a half. Let's move on, Mike. That game, by the way, was noon on ESPN. This game, the uh, the annual tradition, two o'clock on CBS. This is the Sun Bowl coming to you I hate from the El- Sun Bowl. Oh, oh man, yeah, the Sun Bowl is the best and the worst all at the same time, oh, and it's yes. There's just a lot going on there. Okay, two o'clock CBS Sun Bowl from the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. The Pittsburgh Panthers, a five and a half point underdog to the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, I, I say the, the Sun Bowl. It is the Hyundai Sun Bowl, Mike. Can't forget the sponsor there. That's, that's a very important piece of the identity of this game. Exactly. Um, if, Mike, if you have like relatives at your house that are not all that familiar with college football, but they know that you're kind of a giant college football nerd, and you're trying to find a game to get them interested to like understand at least your, your interest and your love of college football, what are the chances you're putting the Sun Bowl on the TV? Very low. Very low. I, I think that's maybe fair. Uh, although anytime Pittsburgh is in a game, there's like a 25% chance that stuff's going to get totally off the rails weird. So right. it's not the worst bet, but it's not a particularly good one. Is it? Is it better or worse than putting on the Cheez-It Bowl? Ooh. I, I mean, there was all sorts of weirdness that went on in that game. Uh, that was the TCU-Cal, what was it, 10-7 overtime game? Oh yeah, ten seven overtime game Goodness. with nine with nine turnovers. It was a beautiful disaster. No fumbles, all interceptions. Yes, <laughs> nine interceptions in that game, Joey. Oh man, not the game that we need right or the game that we needed right now. Not the one that we deserve. Or yep, 
maybe the one that we deserve, not the one that we need. I don't know. Either way. Uh, Pittsburgh's getting five and a half. Pitt is, depending on who you ask and what day you ask them on, okay or not that good or something. I don't know. They won the Coastal for what that's worth. Stanford, also really not that good. Uh, Bryce Love not playing in this game for them. Obviously, for those who who would know, he is the uh, Heisman runner-up from last year. At, you know, Running back, he came back. He is not playing in this game. He's just bolting for the NFL, and I get it. Uh, Stanford's at 8-4 and four here, and they have really had a time of it trying to score points for a lot of this year. Um, have not been consistent. Really kind of a disappointing season for them. In this kind of game, Mike, where I don't have any faith in either team, and I don't know really who cares from either team on, on whether they win or not, and especially with some of the weather you can get in El Paso this time of year, my inclination here is just to take the points and say – you know, let it shake out as it will. Maybe it's a close game and I've got five and a half with Pittsburgh at worst. So I think that's what I'm doing here. Just give me five and a half points of Pittsburgh. Yeah, let's go with that. I don't know really what to think of this game at all. Stanford has had inconsistent quarterback play all year. Their best player is their running back who will not be participating. Bryce Love, of course, um, won't be playing. So that's major. Uh, Pittsburgh's got terrible quarterback play at times. They've had a really good running game and they have a receiving core. That's, uh, let's just say subpar. So that's what we got here. We got two bad offenses and a really high point total, which Joey, you researched this before we, you know, hit record here and over under, I believe you said is 52. That Mm -hmm. seems really, 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 really high to me considering we have two offenses that at times have trouble figuring out which end zone they're going towards, um, <laughs> let alone like moving the ball at all. So, you know, 52 points seems like a lot. Um, seems like the public is on the under, but Vegas says, nope, 52 is fine with me, which makes me a little bit nervous for this game. Uh, I think even if Pittsburgh gets some semblance of offense going in this football game, I'm not sure it'll be enough to get the total over 52 here because I don't trust Stanford's offense without Bryce Love. I really don't. Um, let's just lean Pitt plus five and a half and call it a day. I agree with you, which is at this point for better or worse, I guess. Yeah, I. That, and that's the thing, too, that 52 points seems like a ton here. And it's it's just way easier to think that this is going to go under. That neither of these teams is nearly as good at scoring as they are at keeping other teams from scoring, for better or worse. As much as we would bet the under here, two out of three tickets right now in the public are on the under, and Vegas has absolutely just not blinked at all. They are staring at those bets and saying, "Bring it on!" Like, and that means that's when I, I start to think that Vegas maybe knows something. Is, is what I start to wonder. So, right. That, that's the one thing that would make me nervous. But other than that, yeah, 52 points is way too many in my mind. Um, if this game gets really out of hand high scoring, I think it ends like 27-20, and that probably comes in <laughs> under 52. So that's maybe the better play here. But if I got to pick against the spread, I think I'm taking the Panthers plus the five and a half. Um, I, I don't know who wins. Hell, let's just say Pittsburgh wins. Okay. Underdogs in bowl season, if you cover, there's a really good chance you win the game outright. So Pittsburgh on the field, lock it up, Mike. Pick of the week. Unders in the 40s? Unders <laughs> for you shorties. Uh, shout out shout out to the punk cast. Yeah. Um, 
Robbie Callen, Chip Patterson, Tom Fornelli. They are a, a glorious listen if you're into excellent listen, excellent college football podcast. Absolutely. And and by the way, I looked up the weather for those of you and for those of you who do listen, you will recognize that uh, Tom Fornelli of CBS Sports is big on what he calls wonders. A wonder is a game where there are certain weather conditions in uh, in effect, and usually it in, involves both wind speeds as well as temperatures. And with winds of at least, I think, 12 to 14 miles an hour and under a certain temperature of, I want to say, 60 degrees or something like that, the under is like a 65% bet or something. And it's really good. you know. So he, he always makes a point to call those out. This is borderline wonder conditions, if not straight up wonder conditions. Um, weather projections for Monday, uh, January 31st, Mike. Right now, El Paso is looking at a high of 50 degrees, which seems a little bit wishful because the only day within like three days of any direction that's higher than like 45 degrees. Wind speeds projected at 11 miles an hour, which is right up next to that. So all I'm saying is that the weather favors the under if that's what you're uh, looking to play here. Yeah, uh, let's just lean under, and if you really want to get saucy, we'll say Pitt plus five and a half. Sure. Uh, if you're actually putting money on Pittsburgh in this game, please let us know because we, uh, we're we here for your emotional support. Yes, 100%. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So that's, again, 2 o'clock on CBS. Last one, Mike, 7.30 p.m. going into the ball drop in New York and everything like that. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. It's the Gator Bowl, baby. Let's do uh, it. It's the Gator Bowl, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And first of all, I don't know why this is being played New Year's Eve night. I, I've never seen this game played after like 1 p.m. So that's yeah. – anyways. This, uh, is usually, this is usually like 11 o'clock or 1 o'clock. Yeah, um, this – Especially on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, this will get that weird, yeah, like 11 a.m. Eastern slot that is a thing just because nobody's at work and somebody's got to be watching something. That's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Gator Bowl, uh, 7.30 p.m. ESPN. The NC State Wolfpack is a seven-point dog to the number 19 Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, Mike, I work with a lot of Aggies. For my own mental stability and sanity – I need NC State to show up and, and win this game. That would yep, be ideal. Because you work with a lot of Texas A&M alums. Way too many. Yes. I, I just got to tell you, Mike, as we're talking about A&M, and I don't really get a chance to do this a lot on this podcast, but I'll just tell you, before I ever moved to Houston, I, you know, I couldn't have told you an Aggie fan from a USC fan, from an LSU fan, from a Wisconsin fan, you know, whatever. They all, you know, they're all college football fans to me. Aggie fans are weird, like ultra, ultra weird. And and to the point that most of them recognize that they're weird and will admit to it. So if you're ever surrounded by a bunch of Aggies, just brace yourself. It gets weird fast. That's all, that's all I'll say. Um, okay. So roll with NC State and Ryan Finley. Yeah. I wish. I wish. Uh, Ryan Finley playing this game. His leading receiver, Kellen Harmon, is not – nor is their leading tackler, Jermaine Pratt. Um, not a great sign. Not to mention that NC State just generally a seven-point underdog here. Uh, Texas A&M, pretty big bump here in year one under Jimbo Fisher. I agree. They have been quite good. Um, 
they've had a couple of clunkers in here, here and there. But you remember, I mean, they, they put a scare into Clemson week two, right? They're they're capable. Hey, they're capable. Sure, they're capable. I mean, they've been pretty good this year, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it was up and down in the middle of the year, but they've been all right. They made a bowl game. This turned around pretty quickly. And by the way, they have a really, really solid recruiting class coming in. I know we're an ACC podcast, but that's something of note considering Jimbo Fisher is a former ACC coach who had really strong recruiting classes at Florida State. That has continued since he moved on from the ACC, Joey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's only getting better. Um, A&M riding some momentum here. They've won three in a row. Uh, they beat LSU in a crazy, crazy like seven overtime game there Thanksgiving weekend. They, they've got a big recruiting class. You know, it's gone really well for them coming in. They're in a good spot. Uh, NC State is probably at the end of their window right now of, of Dave Doran era stuff. And it's resulted in a 9-4 and four season, and now they're playing in the Gator Bowl. I, to some degree, I wonder if that tells us this is where NC State caps off under Dave Doran. Um, oh, man. that's Is that a hot take? That might be a hot take, Joey. Is that a hot take? Uh, I mean, I believe it. I'm, okay. I'm buying it. Like this is. I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot better of an NC State team or, or level of talent on this team than you're getting under the last couple of years under Dave Doran. And if you're capping off at nine and four, and I guess this year you're nine and three so far, but or no, no, no yeah, 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 you're you're nine and three so far, and you're probably going to get beat by AM here. So you're going to go nine and four again. Like it, it kind of begs the question if you're uh, if you're NC State is. Is this good enough? Is that what I want from my team? Is that am I okay if I can cap off with two straight years of nine and four, or do I need someone that can do better than Dave Dorn can do? I don't know. Something to thought. Something to think about. Something to think about. Yeah, that's um, okay, Skip. But in your in your defense, I mean, in your defense, we had Dave Doran's job done, right? I mean, we had him out the door at NC State two years ago, and then. All he does last year is build a really competitive team. All he does this year is build a pretty competitive team with a roster that we thought would take a pretty massive step back considering what they lost on both sides of the football. But Ryan Finley kind of held it together for most of the year, even though they were in a position for a lot of portions of this year where we said, "Okay, they have a really nice record, but they aren't really that good. Um, They were still able to get to nine wins, Joey. So what if you win this bowl game? Okay, I let me get right. to ten, Joey. Against exercise, the team exercise. I want us to do here, Mike. Is I want us to honestly the biggest thing I am most interested to do after the NFL draft here in April. I want us to turn around and look back at the roster that NC State had going into the 2017 season, and I want us to talk about how that resulted in a potential 18 and four, or excuse me, 18 and six, eight, eight. Math is hard. 18 and eight uh, set of two seasons where you had Ryan Finley, who's probably going to be like a first round ish quarterback. You had all this, you know, wealth of talent, both on offense and defense, who ended up drafted, you know, pretty well. Again, Kelvin Harmon, Reggie Gillespie. You've seen Naeem Hines doing well for the Colts this year. You've got Jalen Samuels do like taking over for the Steelers. Like all of this stuff that's going on for NC State, you know, two years over the last two years that has resulted in capping off at nine wins potentially if you lose this game. And, and 
to me, I just think that says something because I don't know that you're ever going to have a roster a whole lot better than that at, at NC State is all I'm saying. That's fine. But do you think Dave Doran is like not long for the job? Like, do you think not he's the coach there? What, what do you think? Do you think he's a coach there three years from now? Um, if if not, I kind of think it's on his accord and not on NC State's accord. I don't think they're going to fire him. I don't either. I, I, you know, you saw that like he was he was a prime candidate for the Tennessee job last year, right? Like he he's a guy that I think he aspires to something bigger than this. Um, which maybe that's a knock on NC State a little bit, but it, you know, if I sit there and say that there's blue blood programs bigger, you know, bigger better jobs than NC State, I don't think that's there's a lot of people out there going to try to deny that. So I don't think they're going to fire him, but I think he's going to try to move on. I just don't know that he's going to be able to assemble a roster that is more capable than what he had at the start of last season. And he has struggled to produce really exceptional results with is what I'm saying. That's fair. That's fair. I'm with it. So how does that, how does this all relate to this game? Mike, it's all connected. It's all connected. This is where I bring out like my, let's connect it. Let's do it. This is where I, I bring out the, the cork board that's got all the like the faces on it and everything like this. Okay, so at the end of the day, uh, Texas A&M, good, really good team. NC State built a uh, a record of nine and three on you know a questionable slate of wins. I'm going to say um, teams that NC State has beaten. You ready, Mike? And actually, let's let's, let's start here. The first team that NC State beat this year was James Madison. Where would you rank James Madison among the following teams? Okay. Georgia State, Marshall, Virginia, Boston College, Florida State, Louisville, North Carolina, East Carolina. Not in the bottom half. No. They're probably around the midpoint, right? Yep, around the midpoint. That's yeah, those, those teams are the teams that NC State's beaten this year. How many of those are bowl teams? Um, now I'm going to start doing some research like on the Marshall. podcast. Marshall is, BC is, Virginia is, Virginia is, um, Florida State is not, Louisville is not, yeah, East Carolina is not, uh, is Georgia State? No, I don't think they were. Nope. And JMU is an FCS team. Yeah. So, so they beat like four bowl teams en route to a nine and three record. Yep. I have a hard time matching them up against a Texas A&M team who had four losses this year, two of which were to playoff teams, one of which a playoff team that they damn near beat, and they they would have taken to overtime if not for a missed two-point conversion, I believe. Uh, they lost to Clemson. They lost at Alabama. They lost by uh, 15 at Mississippi State, which is a really legitimately good team, and they lost by four at Auburn in a tough road environment. Other than that, I mean, AM's taking care of business. They beat Kentucky, a pretty good Kentucky team. They won at South Carolina, a pretty good South Carolina team. They won against Ole Miss, and they beat LSU. I mean, th- th- those are probably mostly, if not all, better than the best win NC State has. Yep. Texas A&M more proven? I'm laying the seven. Give me the Aggies. I hate it, but it is what it is. I'm taking Texas A&M too here, Joey. Oof. You, you, drive, a, you drive a hard bargain. And um, I think they cover seven. I just I feel like you look at NC State and their their resume. It's kind of built on a on a house of lies, Mike. It's built on yeah, a house of lies. It's really um, it, it's a hollow nine win season for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've kind of talked about all year long. It's like 
great. NC State's got a nice record, but what have they actually done? And this was a conversation we had last year about Miami up until the Notre Dame beat down, the Virginia Tech beat down. We were saying, okay, here's Miami, a really nice undefeated record. Who have they beaten? And then you went back down the schedule and you're like, oh, wait a second. They haven't beaten anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we're at here with NC State this season, except NC State lost a couple of games that they shouldn't have um, at the point much, much you know, before Miami did last year, right? Miami got the 10 wins, then they lost a season finale, and then they lost the ACC championship game, and then they got blown out in the bowl game against Wisconsin. and not the Orange Bowl, but this is a situation where NC State lost some games earlier on in the year that Miami didn't necessarily lose. NC State is this season's Miami, not nearly as good, not nearly as highly thought of nationally because with you know because you look at NC State, they're not Miami. They don't have the prestige that Miami has. Miami is one of those teams that's talked about all year long. Last year really pissed us off. NC State wasn't really talked about at all. We knew they weren't any good. They proved that throughout the year. Really hollow nine wins. And bottom line is Texas A&M sitting here in this bowl game. I think they're a better team. I think they get it done. How's that for a rant? Uh, I was going to say, how's that for a hot take, actually, uh, that NC State is this year's Miami. And by the way, Mike, I will not have you slandering our Miami Hurricanes on this podcast. Wow. (laughs) That's that's real big of you. (laughs) That's, That's real big of you. Um. That doesn't sound like you. <laughs> no comment. Um, what, have, what have you? Uh, what have you done with my podcast partner? This <laughs> is a real question. Um, go Canes! Yeah, go, go Canes! That's right. Yeah. That's that's where I throw up this like weird hand sign, right? Of thumbs and fingers and stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't know how this works. Yeah, get get that pinky in. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> God, Lord. Okay. Yeah, I I think we're on the same page here, Mike. I. You know, if you go look at the the ACC standings page and you can say, oh, well, they they finished third in the Atlantic division, but the Atlantic was really good and they they were tied at nine and three with Syracuse. Well, they lost to Syracuse and they also lost to Wake Forest and they have a much less impressive track record at this point than A&M does. A&M should and probably will be more motivated than NC State will be. I'm just riding with the Aggies. I I have no reason to believe in NC State here, even with Ryan Finley playing in this game. I mean, they're without two of their top players not named Ryan Finley. That's Mm -hmm. enough for me to take Texas A&M. Arguably their best player on both sides of the ball not named Ryan Finley. Yes, completely agree. So there you go. Mike's all I got. Anything else? Um. Not much. I guess we're done previewing bowl games at this point, and we'll come back and recap them. Yeah? Yes, we will. Uh, The one little disclaimer there being if and when Clemson wins the Cotton Bowl and makes their uh, role in the national championship game, we're going to come back and preview that game too. Yeah, that seems significant. We we may we might should do that. Might yes. should do that. And like we do every year, we will likely recap the national championship and – with that being said, it's been because an ACC team, ACC team has been in it every year since we've been a podcast. Go ACC. Um, if you listen to, yes, go ACC. If you listen to our Cotton Bowl preview, you know that both Joey and I picked Clemson to win that game. So we're expecting to recap another national championship game. But Joey, we might just make that a thing, maybe. 
We can do that too. Yeah. We do that live. Y'all can sign up and, and subscribe on the YouTubes, and we'll uh, we'll do that live right after the game goes final. We just made a decision on a podcast to do that without even talking about it first. So there you go. Breaking news, uh, baby. Yeah, we're going to be watching it anyway, so we might as well. Uh, <laughs> that sweet non-ACC content, if that's how it shakes out. But yeah, feel pretty good about Clemson in that well, game, Joey. Think about it. I do too, but think about it this way. is Even if Clemson's not in that game, you know who is. Notre Dame is your boys the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Basically, an extra ACC team at this Ryan point. Ryan Kelly's boys. Ryan Kelly's boys for that would be the second time, second time since 2012, and hopefully it would go better than last time because, <laughs> oh, <laughs> buddy Joey. Oof. Oof. All right, let's get out of here before you start giving some people some PTSD. For sure. Uh, Mike, it's been fun. Yeah, so we've we've officially previewed all the games at this point. We're going to come back and recap them. I think we're going to do all those in one go. Is that fair? That's fair. I think that's fair. We'll come back and do those uh, sometime either January 1st or after the first of the year. Uh, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Uh, by the way, again, as you're watching these games, feel free to send us your thoughts. Um, we've already had a couple of folks that have done that. Thank you, Keith, Derek. Um, so hit us up if you uh, want to send us your thoughts, either email, Twitter, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, we, we would really appreciate hearing uh, from you guys, the listeners, and uh, really also appreciate you guys sharing us with your friends. Uh, we are on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, where we're finding podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Yeah, sure. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Absolutely. Go do that. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. Sometimes we uh, we record these early and they get posted to our YouTube and you can come uh, check out our previews before uh, before they get posted to the sound the uh, SoundCloud and you know podcast feed. So that's, that's an option if you want to do that. It is an option. Hit that subscribe button. We don't have a fancy uh, URL or anything like that. So just got to search for us. Basketball Conference Podcast should uh, bring you to our page. Mike, uh, you want to come back and recap all these bowl games and potentially preview a national title game? I do, buddy. All right. We'll do that. And until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Happy New Year. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.